You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome back to the Oz Network for episode number three of our coverage of The Amazing Race Canada, season six, Heroes Edition, uh, episode number five of the show. And it's the first time we've been here to talk about a single episode, and we haven't had to double up, uh, which is really funny considering. We normally try to double up after non-elimination episodes, but it is impossible to double up after this episode because this one was... I'm, I'm going to spoil my review right now. Like, this episode was freaking awesome. <laughs> I love this episode. Uh, let's jump right into it here. My name is Colin, and joining me as always, they're leeches. I'm, of course, speaking of, first, Jared Lubick. Thank you. It's um, good to be back, and I do just love uh, stalking people and following them to um, their destinations. And also, another leech here, um, or a blueberry tea, <laughs> or something along those lines, Anthony Rossi. Um, thank you. I was trying to follow you, but I got lost on the way. I was going to the <laughs> the green, of, the queen of the square, <laughs> the, and I couldn't tell if it was green or teal, but... Good to be here. The queen it's definitely the... not a dove, though. Yeah, it's not a dove. It doesn't have the shape or the form. <laughs> like, t- uh, t- let's just get it right out of the way. Tell me, I- I'm not alone in this. Like, was this not just a fantastic episode? Uh, Jared, what were your just initial impressions? It was just so good. I feel like all, like, the challenges were on point. Um, and the fact that they weren't even, like, these really out there kind of big budget challenges but they were just so funny there was so many like fun moments i think from really all the teams uh throughout the episode which is really good to see yeah i completely agree like i think this is the episode i think with any season of the amazing race uh, i would say also survivor but let's be honest like the last couple of seasons of survivor (laughs) you can go the whole season and half the characters don't click with you but with Amazing Race, you just reach that point where, like, okay, now I like this time, team, now I like this team, and maybe by the end of the season, you're like, I kind of like everybody. This was just the one where everybody clicked for me. Um, Rossi, what were your thoughts on it? I agree. I thought the episode was good, although I do have a lot of complaints about race mechanics that we'll definitely get to, but I was very frustrated from that perspective, but the episode itself was so good, so many funny bits. Um and our current, our best moment, which is my picture, where we finally saw Phila Martina in first place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, like, the joy on my face was just like, I was like, please get first. Please don't be eliminated. It's just, it was just a great episode. Oh, man. I, like, there's the team that just keeps getting, like we said from the beginning, best team. And, it, again, just keeps getting better. I don't even necessarily think they were, like, the number one stars for me in this episode. But it is impossible to have one of these episodes where both of them aren't huge standouts. Like, we obviously talked from the beginning about how good Martina is. And Martina's on her game here. But, like, Phil, this is two episodes in a row where he's just dominating with, like, these insane skills. And even when he's struggling a little bit... It's just amazing to watch this guy go. I can't wait to talk about the uh, the fencing challenge that he had coming up. Uh, but uh, everybody was leaving Jakarta, which is where we start, and they're on their way back to Toronto. Uh, and, of course, as soon as they... Well, before we even get them landing in Toronto, I just want to go through the differences in opinions here. I love that Zeynab and Monica had the moment where they talked about, it's a U-turn. You use a U-turn if it comes up. Like I, Especially, we talked about them last week, how... If there's a blind U-turn, like, there's no reason not to use it. Use it on somebody. Give yourself an advantage. And 
I found a really interesting article this week that was mentioning like the the trends that are developing. Uh, I'll see if I could bring up by the end of this episode, but the trends that are developing on the season. One of them is that the front runner team always has like a crash and burn moment the next week, and I think that's a perfect reason why you know th- their philosophy with using the the double the W turn or it wasn't a double for them, the single U turn for them, double when another team came in. Uh, why that one was so important because like this is an extremely unpredictable season. Uh, Martina and Phil, when they're like, we're happy to be in six because again, they were U-turned and they're like, hey, we don't care that we're, what were they, second, third, last? Uh, how many teams were in this episode? Somebody give me a number. Seven. So they were like second last place then um, of the teams that were remaining and they're like, yeah, we're happy to be here because we're not last after we were U-turned. That's amazing when you think about that. Uh, and then here's my favorite moment from my favorite team of the week. <laughs> Um, firefighters, uh, nurses, <laughs> this gives us an advantage. <laughs> I love every time we have the, and I don't fault the teams because I know we talk about this on Survivor too. Every time that there's a team or a person on Survivor who says something like this, you know, uh, as a nurse practitioner or, uh, as a barista, I feel I have an advantage. You know the producers are feeding them something like, tell me, what type of advantage do you think you have as a nurse or a firefighter? But just hearing them say, like, you know, we have a real advantage as nurses and firefighters because I think it helps us to thrive under pressure. This comes moments after (laughs) Courtney and Adam are talking about how, I don't know why we're doing so bad in this race. But I think as a nurse and a firefighter, it helps us to thrive under pressure. Like, they're crashing and burning under pressure. This is just the first of many great moments from them on this episode. Uh, But let's jump right into the first challenge here, unless anybody wants to add anything uh, they can add later. Uh, Our product placement challenge of the season. So, Rossi, you asked a question earlier in the week, which I thought I replied to, and like six days later, I saw that I'd half typed a reply that I never sent, which you were asking about uh, the BMO cashback master uh, elite um, seniority card, whatever it was that we've had on all the past seasons. And it's like, whatever happened to it? Obviously, BMO is not a sponsor on this episode, but uh, let's throw our first question out to Martina, which we'll update that <laughs> later in the episode. First question for Martina of the week. Do you have an account with the Bank of Montreal? Do you have a BMO account? Um, or are you with a different financial institution? Uh, I I would love to have that, the cheesy product placement we used to have with BMO, but I'm just going to say this Chevy Equinox challenge was probably the best product placement challenge I've ever seen on The Amazing Race. The challenge itself we'll get into in a second. Before we even get to the challenge, I've got to talk about the whole navigation here. And this is what made so much of the episode for me. That they land in Toronto and it's like, okay, you know, this is the, the plant they're looking for in, um, uh, where was it, Ingersoll. They're like, there's two other ones. There's one in Oshawa and there's one in somewhere else. The teams have to be careful that they don't go to the wrong one. And you get the first, like, four teams were like okay we're off to Ingersoll we're off to Ingersoll we're off to Ingersoll it's like all right let's go to Oshawa (laughs) and it's just like dun dun (laughs) and like three teams go the wrong city which you would think maybe it's not that big of a deal because it was one of these overnight check-ins and put your name on a board uh but it definitely did something because we still had those three teams at the back and when you had the teams arrive in Oshawa and they realized no, it's an hour and 45 minutes in the other direction. You realize they technically just wasted like four hours, maybe you know a little bit less, but upwards of four hours of their time. It can be a little bit... I don't know if this is where you're going, Rossi, with like the race mechanics. 
it's a little bit frustrating when you have such a dramatic moment like this that they probably plan knowing that the teams would make this mistake that they do mostly get even later on but I feel like it helped those other teams to catch up and at the very least the other teams got to sleep for the night and you know these three at the back definitely didn't uh Rossi was this what you're talking about and what did you think about this surprise twist not whether it was engineered or not about the teams all driving to Oshawa instead I loved the twist. I thought it was so smart, so clever. And this is why you loved it. I hated it just because they built this really intense, deceptive trick. Mm -hmm. Very simple, but very like convincing in the way that you wouldn't know unless you were really looked into it about which plant to go to that they needed to go to to sign up. So like, I loved that part. I just hated that they made it such a big deal that you have to go to this one. Mm-hmm. Not this one or this one. And then it's a sign-up sheet because the store doesn't open until 9 a.m. Almost 100% guaranteeing that this doesn't have any effect except for who's in what order. Mm-hmm. Jared? Yeah, I agree. I think I, I talked kind of last episode about how I think the sign-up board is okay because it was better than just a straight, this place is closed, so you're all starting evenly tomorrow. Um, but I think the issue with this one was... Uh, if I'm correct, they said that the teams were leaving five minutes apart, which I think just the time penalty there needed to be, like, bigger differences. Mm-hmm. Um, give them, at, at, I mean, at least, like, ten minutes, if not half an hour or something. It just seemed like five minutes was so um, inconsequential for going the wrong way and, and um, yeah, not checking properly what plan to go to before before they left the airport. It must have had some impact still, though, because it, the bottom three teams this week were Nancy and Melissa, Leanne and Mar, and Zainab and Monica. And I believe those were the... I know Zainab and Monica did it for sure, but I believe those were the three teams that all went to the wrong city. Um, so, I mean, it would have been great if they ended up, like, hours behind. Like, I, I hate an episode where one team is hours behind, but if you had half the teams had this huge lead and half of them were behind, I mean, it's still a race because you have that race we're seeing every single week now where the top few teams are just battling out and they're like minutes apart like we saw it with the check-in with the second and third place team this week it still would have made it exciting i don't know if either of you remember amazing race season three uh when you have these this one was probably a little bit more planned or not even necessarily planned but they left out as many details as possible so that they knew some teams might make this mistake but in season three of the u.s amazing race there was a challenge where the teams had a vehicle that was supposed to run on diesel and half of the teams filled it up with like regular gasoline. And you had this incredible dramatic moment, which probably still goes down as my favorite scene in amazing race history, where all of a sudden in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of the night, half of the team's cars just stall. And that was a challenge where um, Terry and Ian, who's another one of my favorite all time teams, like probably the greatest elderly team ever on the amazing race ian sat there with a hose and sucked the gasoline to siphon it out of the vehicle so they could get it replaced and get a lead do either of you remember that episode i do i do that's what that's kind of like what i i love with this i think that i was expecting it to be a bigger moment with all of them showing up in the wrong city and it just ends up to be this disastrous thing it still was great that they had this but how much more incredible would this have been if we could have dwelt on the drama a little bit longer uh rossi do you remember that episode no, but uh, I'll have to go back. And... <laughs> the way you said that, no, I don't watch old seasons of The Amazing Race. Yeah, uh, Modern Amazing Race is where it's at. Sign up boards, <laughs> dancing challenges. 
forget the car trouble. <laughs> Were you going somewhere else with that? Your disdain? No, I just want to. I'm going to go look it up because I, I can't remember it right now. But there are so many seasons of Missing Race, so mm. it's hard to. Yeah. I mean, it's like. Did it not say diesel on the inside of the fuel cap? Yeah, I, I think. Well, it was I, one that I was clear. From yeah, memory it did. Yeah, yeah. And and the other teams, it was just like it's a minor detail you miss, and we see it again this episode with backpacks. Uh, which is another thing. I don't know if I missed something in this episode, but that, that became a big thing in this uh, one as well. Um, but I still think it was great, even though this could have been even more dramatic. Uh, the Chevy Equinox Challenge, though, like I did not expect this one to be as good as it was. And it's also because they're making it challenging. So when they first showed up, I thought this would be like other product placement challenges, like take these Mentos and toss them in you know, a, a bottle of Coca-Cola or... Um, can we please get a um the dailies like contact lens challenge? yeah <laughs> which in this episode let's just cover that too they set this up at least on screen here if you're watching ctv it's like spot it for a chance to win prizes and then it's the most obvious thing ever like they're shooting a shot of maybe a clue box from a kilometer and a half away and then you have these daily things right out front uh, you know what's amazing is just as I said that, my mouse got bumped and hovered over the Alcon Dailies link on Wikipedia. <laughs> and uh, I'm, I'm reading it here. First of all, Alcon is a American company. So why is this advertising the amazing race? American company headquartered in Switzerland. That's kind of weird. But yeah, let's find the challenge where you have to wear contact lenses. Uh, but still, this one was so good. It was so challenging. So many great moments in this. When we talk about like the 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 bad parts of you know uh, Courtney and uh, Adam with uh, you know as a nurse and as a firefighter, how is it Martina and Phil have a way of working these cheesy things into it? And I think it's the way they sell it where it makes sense. Where where Phil's like you know oh I also do a lot of dancing so I'm going to be good at this, and Martina with uh, you know her. As a home economics teacher, <laughs> this is like making a key lime pie. You have to whip that cream. When they say these cheesy things, like, they, they sell it in a way where I'm like, I'll listen to Adam and Courtney and I'll be like, come on. And then I listen to Martina and Phil I'm like, that totally makes sense. I'm going to take a home economics class so I can put together a car door. Uh, and so many other great moments in this, like I'm knocking Adam and Courtney, but like they're becoming one of my favorite teams Maybe in some ways for the wrong reasons, but I think it's, they're just one of these teams that's just amusing to watch them fail. And I don't mean that like in a mean way. Like, I actually love the way they respond in this challenge where he's like, uh, uh, oh, okay, I got this. You know, I, I take apart cars all the time. And then the instructor's like, no, that's incorrect. Okay, thank you very much. He's <laughs> just so polite about it. He's like, oh, no, I got this now. That's incorrect. All right, thank you. And then where uh, Courtney's like, let's look at the demo. No, that's okay. I got this. You are incorrect. Maybe we should look at the demo. This challenge just was like, oh, this was so good. I loved everything about it. Uh, Jared, tell me you love this one too. Yeah, it was so much better than expected. Um, I did love, yeah, the Adam kind of that stereotypical man thing of, I'm not asking for <laughs> directions. I know how to do this myself. Um, and then one of the teams, I don't remember who, but they were saying something about where something was meant to go or why it was that way. And then you had the, um, one of the ladies from the plant in the background, she's like shaking her head, like when they walk away that what they were saying was wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I loved, um, I think it was Nancy and Melissa too, where, um, Nancy was like, 
No, they're not different colors. It's not black and silver like bolts or whatever it was. That one's just been used more. It's just faded. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and she was so like adamant that, that that was how it was meant to be. Yeah, it was just great. And just the fact that so much hinged on the like mirror connection being put in and, and that they missed so many teams kind of missed that. Um, I just thought it was a really great challenge. Rossi? I like John explained the challenge and I immediately rolled my eyes. I was like, oh. Uh-huh. A blat- the blatant product placement. And then it happened, and I was like, oh, it's actually interesting, and teams are actually funny, and, like, doing it wrong, and messing up, and there's actually good stuff to it, like, the editing was great, it was actually challenging, no one seemed to have a clear advantage, like, you know, like, someone wasn't a really good dancer versus a bad dancer, it was, like, an even playing field, and I thought that we got teams that came a little later, leave a little earlier, like, Taylor and Cordy got there first, but left fourth. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was a pretty fun challenge. Not the most interesting, but I think that the teams were kind of funny about it, so it worked. Uh, I mean, for a product placement challenge, I mean, this was incredible, and I don't think I've ever, I can't think of any product placement challenge that works. I feel like the reason that this worked is because it was natural. Uh, I felt like whether Chevy Equinox was the sponsor of this season or not, this would have been where they would go if they were, you know, uh, in Ingersoll or Oshawa or whatever it is. It, like, we see challenges like this on the Amazing Race all the time. Uh, which team was it that when they, this is going to be my nitpick of the week when they got the clue for where they're going next and they see it was Stratford and they're like Justin Bieber, here we come. Who was that? That was Leanne Mars. Oh, I mean, maybe I can give them a pass because they look like they might be in his demographic, but. No. <laughs> Are either of you Justin Bieber fans? I don't really have an issue with the Biebs. <laughs> Rossi? Um, so we have the Goldilocks, the three bear situation of Colin's one way, Jared's in the middle, and I'm the, on the other end. Well, you're a Justin Bieber fan? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Maybe it's a Can- It's one of these things where Canadians are harder on them. It's like Nickelback. You know, Nickelback... They're still huge in Canada. I mean, they're they're huge everywhere. Uh, but you will find so many Canadians that just hate, hate, hate Nickelback. Same thing with Celine Dion. I feel like the bigger you are as a Canadian, the more Canadians will probably hate it. It's probably similar in Australia. I mean, I don't think you've told me many instances, Jared, but Ben and I, on whenever we covered like different episodes with Australian actors and stuff, uh, like the Thor movies, he'll talk about it. Yeah, in Australia, like... In America or Canada, Chris Hemsworth is such a big deal. In Australia, like we think he's kind of a joke. Like, are, are there artists like that that are huge everywhere else in the world, and people would be shocked if they go to Australia that like everybody just makes fun of them? Yeah, I think so. I think particularly with like Australian actors, because so many of them like start on like our soap shows that we kind of people watch, but like we treat them as a joke. And the fact that they go from that to kind of like Hollywood, we kind of laugh at that fact. And I think just. As soon as, yeah, as soon as somebody gets a bit too famous or they start to kind of buy into their own fame, then uh, Australians um, tend to kind of discredit them. But we do love to claim people from everywhere else who have visited Australia, like, (laughs) once as Australians. Well, that's what Ben and I talked about with Russell Crowe, where he's like, Russell Crowe's not Australian, but we say he is. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's a typical Australian thing. Like, everybody's like, Aussie so-and-so. Like, if you came to visit Colin, you'd be Aussie Colin... (laughs) Uh, and then Aussie Rossi, uh, you just pretty much need to come here once and then, then we'll claim you because we just want to have as many famous people as possible. My Justin Bieber story of the day, um, it was just interesting this came up because 
when I was at work today, there is somebody who's since left. Well, not they they have left in, in like the past couple of weeks or whatever. And they had a Justin Bieber calendar on their cubicle. And it's like right across from my desk and my coworker's desk. And I'm like, oh, the Justin Bieber calendar is still on the month of July. Should we change it? I'm like, well, I think she's going to be coming back to get that. I'm like, let me change it. And I flip to the next page, and it's one where his shirt's lifted half up. He's basically showing off his abs. I'm like, oh, no, let's keep it on July. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, I'll, I'll be the uh, the one down on Justin Bieber here. But anyways, Stratford, home of Justin Bieber, also home of, um, I guess, supposed to be like Canada's greatest theater company. I'm not a big fan. And Romeo. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, they have a huge, you know, festival, I guess. Like it's, it's mostly known for Shakespeare in Stratford. So this was obviously the, the natural fit when they went there. Uh, and another great challenge, too. Uh, I, I love anytime people have to move in slow motion. <laughs> we talked about how the uh, the Chevy Equinox one, like how challenging it was. The same thing here. This was not an easy one to do. It wasn't like you went out there and, and nobody hit this on the first try. I mean, I think the best was maybe three tries. And Phil, who I thought, like, he's going to dominate this because we saw how his um, dance skills worked in past episodes. And he goes out there and he's like perfectly training for this. And I'm thinking, he's got this, he got this. And then they start. And it's like, it's like slow motion for slow motion. It's like if you you put on a John Woo movie and you're putting the slow-mo sequences in slow motion. It was so great. Just the reaction. This lady too. This is my favorite Amazing Race judge I've seen in a long time. Because she was having so much fun with this where whenever somebody would pass, she'd be like, so where do you want to go next? And then hand them the clue. It's like, how about a clue? And it's like, I'm sorry. That was just a little embarrassing. <laughs> I think it was uh, yes. Courtney, where her death scene was just, oh, uh, and collapses. I mean, I made this my profile pic right now because it just looks hilarious. I got Phil uh, collapsing here, <laughs> his death scene. It's not as, I don't think it was as dramatic as the, the Chevy challenge, but like this was so entertaining, way more entertaining than it had any right to be. And here's the other star. Mar, the perfectionist. <laughs> I've never heard a person say, like, I pride myself on being a perfectionist and really take it to the next level when, t like, there's a time crunch. And she's like, no, let me just practice one more time, one more time. And when she gets it, like, that was flawless. This looked like a fight scene out of a John Woo movie or something. Um, another great challenge here. Uh, Jared, what were your favorite moments from this? Um, Like, all of it feels... Um... <laughs> modern day adaption of Shakespeare in space um, <laughs> with slow motion movements. Um, I don't know. It was just so good. I loved like all the different approaches to this. The fact that Phil was like getting it wrong, but then going straight away again, like not going back yeah. to practice, like what they showed. I thought that was really cool. Cause sometimes I'm like, they nearly had it just like go straight away again, instead of going back to practice for ages. Um, I think all of like the death scenes, like across the board, um, <laughs> In so many, and then there was like zero commitment, or they would fall, but then they would like forget to die, and then be like, "Oh wait, I have to actually die from this." Um, it was just great, and then yeah, Ma, her perfectionism was amazing. The fact that they were already in last, and she just kept going again, and really, it looked like she probably could have got it like right on her first go. I'm just wondering if, like, did she not know like how like strict the judge was going to be because she was like. Even I think on her first go, she probably would have been better than everybody else mm -hmm. and definitely, like, would have got a pass. Uh, but the fact that she kept going, and I loved her, like, practicing partner who was, like, 
you could tell that he was kind of like, okay, like let's let's go and perform it now. And she's like, oh, let's just run that from the top again. Uh, I just want to do the second half again. I want to do this bit again. And like the editors did a su- such a good job of like showing her going over and over and over it again. Um, yeah, it was just an amazing challenge, and there were so many uh, great moments from it. Rossi, what did you think? I had a little bit of a problem. I love. Oh, the challenge, get off the I... podcast. <laughs> No, I did love the challenge. I was just a little annoyed because this has been our second episode in a row where we went to a theater. Second episode in a row, we had to do a lot of choreography. Um, We've just had a lot of dancing this season, and I'm like, okay, maybe we could do a non-dancing challenge this season. But on the whole, the challenge was so great. It was funny. There were so many great moments. I loved everyone's dying. It was just so funny to see how they were going to do it. Like, some people collapsed. Some people were, like, crawling. It was just so funny. And then I guess the other issue I had was the judging seemed a little inconsistent because she would be like, um, hmm, I'll let that pass. Yeah. And then they get the clue. And I was like, what? You were not going to let that pass, but you were being nice just then? Mm-hmm. It just seemed a little weird. Like they had a weird dying and it was like, eh, okay. It, it just felt, it was a little weird, but I love the challenge. Everyone was really good. And I cannot believe that Mar was that stupid to keep doing it. <laughs> like, at the same time, like, her death scene, like, that's... I don't know what the Stratford equivalent of the Tony Awards or whatever would be, but that's, like, a, a Tony-worthy death scene there. Like, that's 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 your Oscar the clip, Beavers? Mar. Yeah, the, the Beavers. <laughs> From all of Beavers' great Shakespearean tastes. <laughs> um, Wherefore art thou, Beaver? <laughs> If we titled our episodes, that would be the title of this episode. Wherefore art thou, Beaver? <laughs> uh, but, like, I, I don't know. I just There's somebody that has a future in acting. Like, Mar, if you're listening, take, take our advice. Get into acting. Get out of cheerleading. You have a future in this business. You can star on My Babysitter's a Vampire with uh, Vanessa or whatever from season one. Uh, I, I, I will disagree with you just, Ross, because... When you said that, you know, having the two challenges in a row, like, I, yeah, I completely get it. it is the same challenge kind of done two ways. But when you have, oh, what's, I've already forgot his name, the guy, the team who got eliminated last week. Todd Nana? Yeah, Todd. When you have Todd, like, you know, I'm really graceful and dignified when he trips going up the stairs. And then you get Phil with his slow-mo and Mar with her death scene, like... These challenges were just so entertaining, it didn't bother me. But I guess you're saying the same thing. Like, it's an entertaining challenge. It's just, please don't give us Toronto's, uh, you know, musical theater as our third theater challenge in a row yeah, Where week. was the um, the new location they're going this, like, season, the first time ever? Oh, uh, New Brunswick. Yeah, like, can we not, please don't do a community theater there. We've had enough. <laughs> I'm wondering what That's else is, all. like, if anybody in New Brunswick is listening, this isn't a knock against you, but... Is there anything else in New Brunswick other than community theater? <laughs> what good ever came out of New Brunswick? Uh, apparently, Stratford is not only known for their Shakespearean theater, it's also known for Rio's Thompson Candies, which I have never seen in a store or knew existed, and their pedal boats. Um, I've got a great pedal boat story here, but I'll tell that after the challenge is over here. I didn't think there was any way either of these challenges. Like, we've complained even in the last episode, which was, I think, by far. Ross, you didn't give a review on it. You want to give an unofficial review for it now that you've seen it? What was the last episode for you? A buy it, rent it, bin it? Um, I would buy that one. Yeah. So we all basically bought that one. 
I love that episode, but I think we still have the same complaint that like the challenges kind of progressively get less interesting. When they started this, I'm like, pedal boats, candy wrapping, like there's no way this is going to work. And both of them did. This is what you were saying at the beginning of the episode, Jared. Uh, it's not like there were a lot of hilarious moments with the candy wrapping, but when you had Adam and Courtney's brilliant strategy or Adam's brilliant strategy of you know, let's shovel these into the box, and it's like, don't let any team see this. Like they're very protective of their good strategies. Uh, I guess, you know, when you're a firefighter and you're a nurse and you thrive under pressure, you got to protect your trade secrets. But there was some good challenging moments of this. And what I liked was the difference in these two where uh, I I can't remember if it was on this season of the American, the last American one we covered where we talked about the old days of Amazing Race, those good old days, you know, before Rossi was watching when people put the wrong fuel in cars and you, hey. <laughs> actually, we should say for anybody listening, Rossi's kind of our expert. We'll say who is the person who came sixth place in this season. He knows off the top of his head. But anyways, um, when you had the differences between the detours where Phil on the U.S. version would even say one of them's going to be quicker to get through, but, you know, it may have some other extra challenge or it may be more physically demanding. But if you're up to the challenge, you're quicker to get through it. The other one's going to be longer, but it's not going to drain you as much. That's what this challenge had going for it. This candy wrapping one, I thought, like, this is a nightmare. Who would want to go through this? It must have taken like an hour, hour and a half. Who knows? And then you have a little pedal boats and you get clues and you put the clue together. Like anytime you have a puzzle on The Amazing Race or Survivor or anything like that, it's not going to be that challenging. But like, I don't know of anybody who could have, well, only one team really was able to put this puzzle together. And then the teams who did the candy wrapping one, they just got the clue. It's like, go to the Queen Square. And the other ones, they had to decode it. I really like that they did that. It was something that I don't know if we've seen that, but we've seen this difference in detours where one you know, challenge had a benefit, but the other one had you know a different type of benefit and each kind of balanced each other out. But this was like, you will have an easy time completing this, but then your challenges figure out where you're going. Whereas you're going to have a challenge doing this challenge, and then you're really going to struggle to find out where you're going. Uh, so much good stuff in here with trying to solve this puzzle in the after the pedal boats uh, with the, the, the queen of the green. <laughs> Does the queen of the green mean anything to you? And then there's this really creepy guy they're asking who's just like, no. And they're like, okay, thank you very much. Like, so Canadian this episode. You know, Adam, when he shot down, no, that was pathetic the way he put together this door. All right, thank you. Here, you have this incredibly creepy guy. No. All right, thank you. Move on. And then uh, what was the one that Melissa and um, uh, I was going to call her Karen. What's her name? Nancy. Nancy. <laughs> Melissa and Karen, a.k.a. Nancy, had. Uh, where they're like, Queen Blueberry Tea. <laughs> uh, also, I just love when Adam completed this challenge, that when they go outside and they're reading the clue, he's like talking with his mouth full, chewing. He's like, the <laughs> Queen Square. Oh, Adam and Courtney. Th- this is their episode, as I said at the beginning. I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about the teams on the end, even though we usually only do that uh, when a team's eliminated. But both of these challenges were incredibly entertaining. And then that one guy who's trying to solve the puzzle with the dove, as we said, that's <laughs> so good. Doesn't have the form of a dove. Maybe Princess Street. Uh, Jared, tell me which which one of these challenges would you have done better at, and which one did you prefer watching? Um, I feel like I probably would have done better at like the paddle boat. I just think 
I don't know why, um, but I just think the like tediousness of filling up those chocolate boxes. Originally, like it didn't look too hard, but then they would show you shots, and there was like twenty completed boxes or something. Like a, there was a ridiculous number that you didn't kind of first yeah. realize that they had to do that many. Um, and yeah, I think I in kind of like a Martina and Phil way, I probably would have like overthought that challenge and mean separating kind of all of the individual like um, like cupcake lining things for like the chocolates. Um, yeah, I just thought that the paddle boat. I just think that I could have got through that a bit easier. Um, although who knows? I mean, blueberry tea. Uh, it's, a, <laughs> it's a common mistake. I mean, looking at it, I thought most of them made sense, but it, just the tea part for me, like in my head, it was just always like teapot. So, I mean, Queen of the Heapod or whatever, like, that's, I would have had something stupid like that. Rossi. But no, I thought they were, they were both good, yeah. Rossi, would you have come up with Blueberry Tea? Which one would you have done better with? Which one did you uh, enjoy watching more? I like them both. I lo- loved when Dylan and Kwame knocked the sun Oh, down. yeah. <laughs> and then it was just like that for the next team had to pick up a thing. <laughs> I was just like, good old Amazing Race. Um, no, but both challenges were really good. I felt like they were different and had different challenges. One a little bit more fine-tuning and one was like bigger, brawnier. I thought it was good. Uh, I thought the puzzle was a little hard. I think that it was a good counterbalance to the like detail-oriented chocolate task. And I don't understand how that puzzle worked because it was... What was the bird? It was... A dove. Mine... Dove, dove minus... minus D, so it would be of instead of dove. And then T I... minus he equals... Or T plus he equals the, T-H-E. I just got really confused because, like, the word was O-V... O... Yeah. Of, O-F. Of. So if it was actually... It O-V-E. Yeah, like, if it was dove minus D... Is that ov or is that? Did I just of? put it in the Canadian <laughs> language? <laughs> That's how we spell of here. <laughs> you know, there's certain things. I mean, I know uh, it's different in America, but I'm assuming it's the same in Australia, Jared. That there's like some words, like the word color. We spell it yeah. c o l o u r, and same Insane. thing with the word favorite o u r i t e. And I'm guessing in America, there's no u in either of those words, right, Rossi? Right. Okay, let's start that as the new Canadian trend. Of OF is now OVEE. Not that any Canadians will actually pronounce it OV. Maybe we'll change the Canadian accent in the process here. Uh, have either of you ever been on a pedal boat? Yes. No. No, you haven't, Rossi? That is correct. Jared, did you have good experiences on a pedal boat or bad ones? Um. They were decent. <laughs> I'm looking for a review here. I have a pedal boat story. I was just wondering if anybody else had as many struggles as I did. Because I think I've been on one of these boats twice. Once when I was a kid, and I mean, I was eight years old at the time, and my mom was doing all the pedaling. So I thought, this is the greatest thing ever. I'm riding a boat. <laughs> I'm eight years old thinking I'm driving a boat, and it's all under my own power and all that. Uh, then when we were teenagers, uh, we, we went camping for a few days with uh, my mom, my brother, and then uh, a friend of ours went. And uh, we decided we'd get a pedal boat one day and go around the lake, my brother and my friend and I. And uh, f- the first thing we noticed is that there, there must have been something wrong with our boat. I know that now because they should definitely be moving. I mean, I'm even seeing the teams they're struggling with on this episode. I'm like, oh, they're definitely moving faster than we were. There was something wrong with our boat. We eventually, after using all the effort we had, 
we got like around this corner of the lake. Uh, there was like a, a little uh, cove or something. And we're like, hey, I wonder what's around that corner. And we get there and we're like, you know, out in open water. And we're like, oh, it sounds and looks like it's a waterfall. That's cool. So we start trying to like, you know, go in the other direction. Let's keep exploring. Then we're like, hey, uh, are we drifting towards the waterfall? And it's my brother and I in the front of the boat. And there's like a seat in the back for just a regular passenger. And we're pedaling. And we're like, uh, we're moving towards a waterfall, guys. And the friend we had in the back, he had a leg injury at the time where he couldn't really, he could, he was walking with a limp, but he had this weird type of, not an actual, whoa, cheese sneeze of the episode. Thank you, Jamie. Uh, pedal boards make her sneeze too. Uh, so he couldn't really do anything at all. So my brother and I have to do all the pedaling. And as we're drifting with this waterfall, like we start panicking because it was not, I, I mean, it wasn't like a natural waterfall. It was kind of a man-made waterfall where you, you go over the ledge and it's just like concrete going down into a river below but we couldn't see it, so it sounded deafening to us, and we're like, uh, we're going to go over the edge. Like, we knew we were, and there was just a tiny rope that was stretched across the water. And as we're getting close to this, we're all panicking. And this isn't me, like, talking myself up like I was the brave one, but this is legitimately how the conversation went. My brother's like, let's just jump, guys, let's just jump. And our friend in the back, who has the <laughs> bad leg... Who put down the twenty dollar deposit for the boat? Goes, I paid for this. If the boat goes down, I'm going down with it. <laughs> and this is like a sixteen, fifteen, sixteen. The boat's going down. I'm going down with it. And my brother's like, No, come on, guys, let's jump. And he's like, I can't jump. I put the deposit on this boat. And we're getting closer and closer to the waterfall. I'm like, Quiet, quiet. Let's just think for a second. So I'm like, There's a rope. Let me try to grab the rope. So I grab it and I'm like, I'm holding on so we're not going further over, but we can't break free of this still. So. They're still panicking. Hey, we got to jump. We got to jump. And I'm like, okay, just I'm going to pull us to shore. So I'm pulling along this rope. We get close to the shore, but it's just like weeds growing through the water. And we're still too far to even like, it's just mud. There's no way we're going to get out of this. And I start pulling, I grab like weeds with my hands and start pulling us all the way along the bank until we are free of the current. My hands are sliced up. They're cut and everything. We finally get free. We're like, we almost died. Like we're honestly panicking. Like our life just flashed before our eyes. We're like, okay, let's just take the boat back. I don't want to be on the water anymore. We start pedaling, and I'm like pedaling the whole way. I'm like, why is this so hard? Like, this terrible boat. And I look over, my brother's got his hands behind his head, his feet up, relaxing, staring at the sun. I'm like, get your feet on there. We're doing all the work. It was like one of the scariest experiences ever. Jamie and I just went back there a few weeks ago. I showed her the waterfall. I'm like, it wasn't necessarily as scary as it was when we were teenagers. Like, we probably would have survived, but that's my terrible pedal boat story. So I would never go on one again. Um, have either of you had an experience with a waterfall? Jared, you probably got more waterfalls closer than Rossi does. Ever had any waterfall experiences? Uh, not so much waterfalls. I've like capsized in plenty of like canoes before, and like the more so the like current where like the waves are coming kind of into like the bay and they're being kind of like oh yeah corralled like t- together by like like a man-made kind of dam with like shallow like concrete underneath. Um, so that was interesting. And then as for like paddle boats, I feel like it's not really the same, but you know, those like water tricycle things. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my paddle boat experience is those. I've never been like a sit down one. I've always been on like the water tricycles that just like, they're the most ridiculous things ever. And like, you cannot look more stupid than on one of those. (laughs) Rossi, you got to have at least one life or death story for us here. I sat down to record this episode. 
<laughs> and it nearly killed you. Great story. <laughs> I'm on my last breath. <laughs> uh, so, final thing to really talk about here after the challenge, and I don't know if this was planned, I may have just missed something in the episode, but every single team but one finds this queen square, and they walk into the room and they're shocked to see John. They're like, oh, it's John there. And then all of them forgot their bags. Like, was there something I was missing here where they... Maybe, did the clue not say go to your next pit stop? It said go get your next clue. That's probably what it was. I would like to go back over the episode and see it where it said go get your next clue. Uh, and when they they didn't expect to check in, so none of them had their bags. That would be my guess. But did I miss something in here? Do either of you remember? Yeah, well, it was only the only thing they had was Queen of the Square. Oh, yeah. So um, there wasn't even a because clue. Because they didn't get like a physical clue. Mm-hmm. So they were just going there, obviously assuming that there'd be a clue box there for their next clue or, or at least like another challenge. Um, but I thought that was a really cool way to finish things because so many times it is just that thing of like, let's like keep our taxi driver and leave our, leave our bags in the taxi or leave them in like this kind of stored area for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that was a good way to kind of um, cheat the system, I suppose, a bit and keep the teams on their toes. Rossi, did this catch you off guard? Rossi's gone. He's oh, dying me, on us. Sorry, I, I <laughs> Rossi my, died. I <laughs> my name, your name, the the hearing of my name glitched out, so I didn't hear you were talking to me. <laughs> um, yeah, it was definitely something that seemed like you missed something when you watch it. You're like, wait, what? You have to like rewind to be like, did he say something that I just wasn't paying attention to? But I thought it was funny. I didn't think that this was a rule that you had to have your bags to check in. Like if it was in the car you drove, like. But it was a great way. I love when Phil run in and he's just like, huh? like his face drop. He's like, that's yeah. gone. <laughs> it was just really funny that everyone's running back and like, gotta get your bag, gotta get your bags. And like Dylan and Kwame who show up and like, I don't know, people were running here. So maybe this is the place. Oh, and just like completely by, fluke. by luck. Yeah, I love that. Like there is no greater way to explain Dylan Kwame other than by this episode, they knocked over a clue box and they showed up at the pit stop by fluke. Like, this team's amazing. I love these guys. Uh, Melissa and Karen, a.k.a. Nancy, <laughs> uh, with the Dylan Kwame um, uh, tailgating them the whole time, or <laughs> when they're, they're leeches, and then even repeated again. The these guys are leeches. This is like leeches from the last episode. They got leeches on the mind. Uh, I, I want to see this. This is going to have to develop into a new rivalry. We need a good rivalry on this season. Uh, we're not going to run through all the teams here, but I did find it funny that the only team who showed up with their bags were the last place team. Like, were they the only ones who knew, that, oh, this is probably going to be the pit stop, or are they just given up at this point? And also, Leanne and Mar. What's that? Edit. They probably came back, and then they left, oh, yeah. and they did no point in showing them getting their Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's a very good point. Uh, Leanne and Mars, the entire storyline of the episode, we don't want to let down the kids. The kids are going to be so disappointed in us. These kids are going to think we're losers. <laughs> like, they, they mentor the harshest kids in this country. <laughs> if they're going to be like, you know, you got eliminated on the amazing race because, you know, you couldn't use a pedal boat or wrap candies or whatever. Uh, this really was the episode where every team had a great moment. We won't go through all the teams here because we technically are still racing, but. I nominated my team of the episode as Courtney and Adam, uh, which is really just because we don't want to nominate Martina and Phil every single week. Uh, I do want to add the one bonus moment 
when Phil was talking about the, the fighting challenge and he goes, you know, I'm going to be good at fighting and he thrusts the sword, like pretend, and he yeah. goes, and defending, and he's like doing the defending yeah. thing, which is exactly the same thing Martina did, which is, I can't wait for the challenges where there's sewing and she's miming sewing and cooking. <laughs> um, yeah. They're going to be the ones, I want to see them do like everything where they mime what the actions are. Uh, we're going to throw some questions out to Martina at the end of this episode still, but uh, Jared, do you want to nominate a team of the episode? Uh, I think I'm going to have to go for Leanne and Ma, because I just can't go past the, like, going to the, like, there was so many mistakes this episode, going to the wrong plant, mm-hmm. um, the fencing challenge of brilliance, not being able to solve the um, puzzle, and then getting, like, a six-year-old to solve it for them. <laughs> um, and how great was that? That, like, the only person who could solve this is just some kid on the street. Yeah, I love that she was there with, like, her family, too, and the dad's like, oh, she's, she's like, she's good at these puzzles. Yeah. And straight away, she's like, yeah, this is just this. <laughs> Do you not know the word of, O-V-E? <laughs> <laughs> That's how we spell it here in Stratford. <laughs> Rossi, who's your team of the week? As cliche as it is, I'm going to give it to Martina and Phil. Just because I felt like out of all the teams, they dominated the most this episode. Mm-hmm. Like they did the candy challenge the fastest. They did the sword the fastest. They were in first for most of this leg. They really just were on top of everything. Like, and I know it's not just because they're listening. Because you know I wouldn't give <laughs> two shits about who listens. But I. Oh, we've had many a people, many contestants listen to this show. That you've said terrible <laughs> things about. <laughs> so. But I'm just going to give it to them because they were the, the beasts of the episode. Mm-hmm. And again, like the only reason they weren't second as opposed to third was because it came down to that foot race when they went back to get their bags and Martina was just a few seconds behind. Um, but those are our teams of the week. So obviously this is a keep racing episode, which normally I don't like those, but I loved it in this episode because they really, they surprised me with how it was revealed. And I think that was partly just that I was trying to rack my brain wait, wait, were they given a clue? Is this supposed to be a pit stop? And I was thinking more about why is nobody bringing their bags and anything else? Uh, so we said last week, well, two weeks ago, we said that uh, uh, we thanked Martina for listening to our episode and plugging us and uh, did the same thing last week. So thank you, Martina. And we put our questions of the week out to Martina, not expecting she would answer them. She answered every single one of the questions. Uh, so thank you to Martina and let's just run through these here. I actually forget what one of the questions are. So one of our questions of the week is going to be, what was question four last week? But let's go. Question one, I think we asked her uh, about whether they fed them a big breakfast so nobody would have room for blueberry pie. She said, I can't say due to a non-disclosure agreement. Uh, very smart answer. I then we asked, yes. what's that? That means yes. That means it, uh, it's the same thing. <laughs> when I told Jamie, I'm like, hey, we got an answer to this question. She's like, oh, so that means yes. <laughs> We're going to take it as a yes, CTV. Uh, second question was, what are the names of her dogs named after cars? She says, Porsche, Audi, and Beamer, all Pomeranians. And she even sent us Beamer's <laughs> Instagram account, which, Jared, you found on your own. Because you hadn't seen these replies before we started recording this. We're like, oh, you guys saw the replies. You sent us Beamer's Instagram account. How did you come across that? Uh, Beamer was one of my suggested follows, <laughs> so, <laughs> so clearly I'm following too many, like, animal accounts on Instagram already for for that to pop up, but, um, yeah, um, quality content uh, on Beamer's feed. Uh, third question was about Ben, when Ben was, who's, of course, not watching Amazing Race Canada, uh, but will be going soon to BC, 
uh, he's like, oh, maybe, uh, maybe I can <laughs> stay with her. Or <laughs> she'll have a couch for me to sleep on. She said, yes, tell Ben to DM me, <laughs> which I'm sure he will. Uh, fourth question. This is the one that I can't remember what he asked, although I, th- I think it's coming back to me. She put, no, I wouldn't hold a grudge. How did you know? I'm assuming we asked her whether if, if she knew who you turned her, if it would have bothered her in any way. That might be the question. I can't remember, but you can answer that for us again, Martina. And fifth question, she put, I can't remember the fifth question, which later she replied, I will ask Phil to take a photo of him listening to our show and doing a handstand or breakdancing, because I think we asked for people to take pictures of themselves listening to our show. So thank you, Martina. We have a few questions to ask her this week. Uh, I'm going to scrap the uh, one about what was question four, because I'm assuming I know this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you one. Rossi can ask you one. Jared can ask you one. Mine is going to be, can you give us your recipe for key lime pie? Because uh, I really want to know. I was just talking about pie today at work, and one of the first things that says, I love like lime pie or like key lime pie. So if you have your recipe for key lime pie, which also will help us to assemble a car door, please give it to us. Jared, what's your question for Martina? Uh, as a home economics teacher, <laughs> uh, why did you struggle so much putting on the hairnet in the um, chocolate boxing challenge? <laughs> That's a fair question. Uh, Rossi, do you have a question for Martina? On a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being not at all, 10 being really intensely excited about it, how excited were you to hug John? They look really excited. And it's funny because they both said, it's John, it's John. And I, I feel like Martina had, for the first time ever, had the jump on Phil as far as speed goes. Because she's going up to, to John and then Phil's like, hey, let me hug you, random Stratford guy. <laughs> uh, that's the fastest we've ever seen her move. So that's a very good question. Those are our questions of the week for Martina. And thank you again for listening to the show, Martina. And anybody else out there is listening, uh, including all the contestants Rossi hates. <laughs> so... We won't run through this, but I'm very excited to talk about Toronto next week because a lot of the teams are going back to Toronto. Uh, Some of them are from there. Some of them will have no idea. Uh, We're going to come back next week. I feel like this show has just hit a stride where we have to do this every week, no matter what now. So uh, hopefully our schedules line up. We got to buy this rented or bin it before we go, though. So I think this is a clear one, but maybe one of you will surprise me. I'm going to go with an easy buy it. This is probably my favorite episode of The Amazing Race I've seen in a long time. Jared? Yeah, I'm buying it. Um, one of the better non-elimination kind of continue racing episodes that we've seen. Rossi? And I'm going to buy it and make it into a key lime pie. Yes. We're going to have Rossi's review of the week where he just changes the review every week. Um, that's it for us this week. Rossi, thank you for joining us. Uh, when Martina posts her key lime pie recipe... Uh, we're going to expect you to post a recipe of equal epicness. Do you have any good recipes you have for us next week? I make a mean blueberry pie. Oh, yeah. We're going to have lots of blueberry pie coming up. Jared had a challenge on that. Thank you for joining us, Rossi. It's great to be here and talk about Martina and Phil. (laughs) And, Jared, uh, make sure to give us a great demonstration of you in one of those tricycle boats (laughs) next week. That's your challenge of the week. Yeah, will do. And thank you for joining us. Uh, hashtag puppies in sack. My name is Colin, and sorry we let down all the kids. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.